The True Crime Society podcast contains adult themes and violence and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. If you'd like to skip the intro, please refer to the timestamp listed in the episode description. Thank you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. Um, I feel like last time we recorded, I was talking about how hot it was, and it was like 80 degrees, and now it's literally below freezing. So <sighs> the weather's crazy, and now we're cold. So I will always complain about something weather-related. I feel like our weather is how it's meant to be at the moment. It's still like quite mild. We had a few really hot days, but it's quite mild at the moment. It looks like the end of next week it's going to start heating up, which November here is usually when it gets quite hot. So I feel like we're on track, textbook track. <laughs> yeah, ours is just all over the place. Doesn't You never know what you're going to get these days. <laughs> um, I still have our air conditioner in the window and I need to take it out because it's so cold that just like mm-hmm. having the window open and our heat sucks. So just... Just know I'm cold now. <laughs> um, don't have too much. To, is there anything that we need to talk about? I feel like there's something where I was like, oh, we should say this. Oh, I was going to say about the spammers. Oh, yeah, like on the posts, you mean? Yeah, just quickly. Yeah, yeah might as well. Because heaps of people are like typing admin and stuff, which you don't actually see that on the page. On the page, yeah. yeah. Um, one thing we wanted to bring up quickly, don't have much to chat about for so the chat haters can be thrilled, but this is a little silly, but just it's like a PSA. For some reason, the spammers on our Facebook page, mm. not the group, the page, are out of control. I've noticed it on other pages too, but they're really bad lately and they just post links to like pretend videos. There was a house explosion down the road from me today, and immediately on the post, there are spammers being like, see the video here, and, and even some sketchy-ass link. We made a post about the you know horrific main shooting from last week, and they're like, wow, I've got the video. Look here, look here. And they clearly do not have any videos. Um, and then there's ones that look like I just don't like understand they're how they're all getting through like Facebook is so strict on what they take down and keep up and you know obviously everyone's been having issues but then these people are through with like the fakest names like I don't even know something 15 or you know like Leona 15 and then they're just through they make accounts and they post in everywhere so I wonder if they're accounts that get like hacked and then they just keep hacking accounts so when they get deleted it doesn't really matter and I guess, too, if they have a bot or whatever that just keeps making new accounts and taking over old accounts, they can just keep doing it. And if people, like, I have no doubt that some people actually believe these videos are legit because they are clickbaity. They're like, wow, look, I've got the video here. So people yeah. will click it. So but, just yeah. know everyone. It's not us. We're trying, as, deleting as fast as we see them. <laughs> yeah. And if you guys see them, just, you can right click them and just hit report to Facebook and Facebook will deal with it and they'll just get deleted. So help us out with that because yeah. some of them look like porn. Some of them are so crazy looking. I don't even know what the ones that you were sending me before. I don't even know what the thumbnail was. I feel was like to a be. lot of them are like disgusting cyst and pimple popping ones. Like, oh, like yeah. People, like, I think that's what it looks like. I'm not clicking it. But, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So if you see those going around Facebook, don't click them, report them. Fuck spammers. And it's funny because Olivia is the one who gets in trouble for spamming. <laughs> and like got her when original I'm like posting deleted. legit news articles 
to a, like in our own group. I'm not even posting them just for anyone to see. It's just in the group. And they're like, nope, you're a spammer. Or even there was a month of just posting any links at all. Everyone kept getting cybersecurity. Mm. And like they'd be like, you can't post this. It's a cybersecurity issue. It's like, okay, how about you deal with your actual fucking spammers <laughs> that are pretending to have videos of the main shooting and all these other horrible things that have happened? Trash. The Wild West. Because then it, I bet if you click the link, it's like a fake Facebook link or something, yeah. some phishing thing, where you have to log in, and then they steal your account, and they start spamming with your account. So dodgy. Dirtbags. Anyways, so we're going to talk quickly. We've got some mushroom updates, finally. I assume we all know what this case is, but apparently not everyone does, because a bunch of people message us on Instagram. We're like, I don't know about this. Like, <laughs> hello, the mushroom poisoning. Finally, some news. Yeah, so yesterday, which was kind of like... When I say unexpected, we didn't know it was coming. We knew it would probably come eventually. We didn't know it was going to happen yesterday. That's the point where I almost forgot about it. Yeah. And someone like someone messaged me. They're like, how long has it been? I'm like, it's actually only been since like August, which it feels like way longer. But it does. Anyway, so if you aren't familiar with the mushroom case, we have a whole episode on it from August. So go back and listen. But just as a quick refresher, the event actually happened in late July. Three people died in Victoria in Australia after they ate death cat mushrooms. This was following a meal at their daughter-in-law Erin Patterson's house. One person, additional person, also became very sick and needed a liver transplant. Thankfully, that person survived and I believe is now out of hospital. But by some miracle, Erin and her children didn't get sick, even though they all ate this same meal, according to Erin. On Thursday, November 2, which was yesterday here in Australia, Erin was arrested and by police and taken in for questioning. At that time, she wasn't charged with anything, um, which I think the process here is that you can refuse questioning, but you obviously cannot refuse to be arrested. So they took her in and questioned her, I guess, to get more information. Um, later that same day, police released this statement, which we'll read in part because it's quite long and I'll put the whole thing on the blog if you want to read it. But It says, homicide squad detectives have charged a woman this afternoon as part of their investigation into the deaths of three people following an incident in Leon Gatha earlier this year. A 49-year-old woman, which is Erin, was arrested this morning and interviewed by police. The Leon Gatha woman has subsequently been charged with three counts of murder and five counts of attempted murder. She was remanded in custody to appear in court tomorrow. The murder charges and two attempted murder charges relate to an incident on the 29th of July where four people were taken to hospital after they fell ill following a meal at a private residence in Leon Gatha. A 70-year-old man, a 70-year-old woman and a 66-year-old woman all from Corumbara subsequently passed away. A 69-year-old Corumbara man was released from hospital on the 23rd of September. The further three attempted murder charges relate to three separate incidents in Victoria between 2021 and 22. It is alleged a 48-year-old Corumbara man became ill following meals on these dates. So that's just the part of the statement we'll read. Not really surprising that she's been arrested for murder, but maybe shocking that she tried to kill her husband, whose name is Simon, three other times over a two-year span. (laughs) Um, in, in the last episode, we spoke about a mystery illness that Simon had posted about on his social media. And I'll just give a quick recap. He wrote on Facebook, I collapsed at home, then was in an induced coma for 16 days through which I had three emergency operations, mainly on my small intestine, plus a planned operation. My family were asked to come and say goodbye to me twice as I was not expected to live. So I think the other two attempted murder charges from what I have gathered would be maybe for the man who had the liver transplant one and then the other one might be for one of the children who maybe ate. Like I'm assuming there's a reason why there wasn't an additional attempted murder charge for both of the children. 
maybe only one of them ended up eating the meal. So three would be for the husband, right? Yeah. So there's five all up. So three would be for the husband. So one I assume- for the guy who didn't die and then yep. one mystery. And one, so I assume she said that the kids were there and that the kids didn't like mushrooms, so they scraped it off. But may, maybe they have proof that only one of the children, which I'm so shocked about. I guess, you know, she survived. But then if, if there is an attempted murder charge for one of the children, which I'm assuming there is, that is wild. Or there could be him. another person yeah. in life that she's tried to poison. <laughs> yeah. Well, it did, it did say the two the two two of the incidents were from that dinner so hmm. um yeah two attempted murder charges relate to the incident on the 29th of july so that issue that i assume that's the man, the older man who survived and then someone else who was there at the house maybe one of the kids like didn't eat it at all and one like scraped mm. them off so it's friday morning here in australia at the time we're recording erin is doing court again um we just had a quick chat about this on our Patreon as well, but basically I think this, I feel like this will probably be a long legal process. Um, things seem to drag out here a lot and I feel like this will be quite a complicated case. Um, I know that they said yesterday when they were searching her house after they arrested her <clears throat> that they actually had, which I didn't even know was a thing, technology sniffing dogs where they could sniff mm-hmm. out USBs and SIM cards and things like that that she may have hidden in the house. So yeah. I'll be interested to see if they found anything there. I've heard of that before, but I'm just interested in it more so because I'm like, what do they think she's hiding? Like, does she have a hidden cell phone somewhere or something Mm. like that that she's been doing her research on? Yeah, they're trained to sniff out phones, SIM cards, and laptops. (laughs) There's definitely another case that used them, but I can't think of what it is. Hmm. Um, It says that when they searched her house yesterday, they paid particular attention to her car, the garage, and some bushes around the property, as well as an armchair on the porch, apparently. Weird. Um, yeah so no doubt we will hear more <clears throat> maybe the man who survived was able to give an account more so of what happened um, which is so lucky that he survived so that I'm sure that he gave some type of evidence to them that helped be able to make an arrest finally I really want to know what the vibe was at mm. the dinner like was there an argument was it weird was there tension was she oh. being a bitch about something what was going on well, the rumors were that the dinner or the lunch or whatever it was, was that the like meal, custody or something. Yeah, it was for them to kind of work towards facilitating custody or making a more amicable custody agreement between her and the ex. Yeah. Um, I really want to know more about the other two times that she attempted to poison him. Like, I'm guessing one of the times is when he had all those operations and nearly died in hospital. But I would be interested to know about the other two times that she did it. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, we'll keep you posted on what happens. We've been posting a ton of stories on our Instagram about it. Um, but when there is kind of more of to note, we might look at doing an update episode, a full episode on it. So today we're going to talk about um, a couple of golf cart deaths. One big one happened April of this year that I think a lot of people remember. It's pretty big news. It was um, Samantha Miller and Eric Hutchinson. They were leaving their wedding in a golf cart and they were hit by a drunk driver and um, Samantha died in her wedding dress right after her wedding. It was a story that stuck with a lot of people because it's so horribly sad. Like the best night of your life, you're with all your friends and your family, having so much fun with all of your loved ones and it ended in such, such an absolute tragedy. So we're going to get into that one and then there is another one where the couple was on their honeymoon and they got into a golf cart accident and the wife died. 
died as well. Essentially, the husband killed the wife in the golf yeah. cart accident while on their honeymoon. It's it's like something that seems like such a niche freak accident that or a freak event that it wouldn't happen often, but there are golf carts are quite dangerous. It seems to happen, you know, relatively often. Yeah, I was watching videos about it when I was researching for this and studying and the police officer is saying how golf carts are really dangerous because people you no Don't one teaches you seriously. how to drive a golf cart or the yeah. rules or that they could flip over you just think it's a golf cart it's silly i'm not gonna get hurt but be cautioned a wedding day celebration shattered by tragedy in south carolina the bride struck and killed by an alleged drunk driver his sister a daughter a wife died in her wedding dress because someone made a terrible decision. Authorities say the newlyweds were leaving their reception in a golf cart on Friday in Folly Beach, South Carolina, when a car hit them, killing 34-year-old Samantha Miller and injuring her husband, Eric Hutchinson, and two others inside. According to an affidavit submitted by police and obtained by NBC affiliate WYFF, officers said they smelled alcohol on the breath of the driver of the car, identified as 25-year-old Jamie Lee Komorowski, and asked her to take a sobriety test which she refused. In a GoFundMe set up by the groom's family, his mother writes that Eric is in serious condition and has a long recovery ahead. Komorowski was arrested and charged with reckless homicide and three counts of DUI involving great bodily injury or death. Now Samantha Miller's family is in mourning over the heartbreaking loss. She, from the moment she woke up that day until she left the venue, she told Eric, on the golf cart, but she wanted this day to last forever. He told us that at the hospital today when we saw him. So Samantha, she went by Sam, so we will call her Sam in this episode. Her last name was Miller and Eric Hutchinson. They first met in 2019 and it seemed to be love at first sight for them. Sam called Eric's mother on the phone around a week after the couple met, and she said, hello, future mother-in-law, which is very bold. (laughs) Um, During the four years they were together, they traveled and moved across the country. They adopted a new kitten together in 2020 after spending the COVID pandemic together in Eric's home state of Utah. The couple moved to Charleston in the fall of 2021. Samantha found an apartment on James Island specifically because of its proximity to Folly Beach. Eric's mother, Annette Hutchinson, said it was Sam's dream to live in Charleston by the beach, and they have loved living on James Island for the past 21 months. In June of 2021, Sam and Eric became engaged, and Sam spent months planning her dream wedding. Sam's sister, Mandy, said she was so excited to start her life with Eric. She was a daughter, a sister, a friend to all, a mother of two cats. She was a beautiful person inside and out who just wanted to make people around her smile. Eric's mother said she instantly fit into her family from the first day Eric and Sam met. She was everything to my son and changed him for the better. She could light up a room with her presence and had an ease about her. They shared, they shared many hopes and dreams for their future, including children and building a house. Sam's just got that glow. She's the type that walks in a room and you notice... The couple picked their wedding day of April 28th, 2023, and they chose a location of Valley Beach in South Carolina. Sam was 34 and Eric was 36 at this time. Sam's sister Mandy said she had no nerves or hesitation that day. You could feel the love on the beach, but she was more than just a bride. Sam's wedding dress was hung on a custom hanger that read Mrs. Hutchinson 
Um, Sam's mother, Lisa, said, we all just spent the day getting ready, drinking mimosas, and Sam was very happy. Her sister, Mandy, said, when I got there, she was getting her hair done, and she was so calm and just beautiful, and just nothing was facing her. Mandy was the one who made the couple their five-layered pineapple and coconut cake for their wedding. Sounds delish. Mm, yum. I love pineapple cake. I feel like I've never had pineapple cake. I don't know. You can get a, I don't know if you've ever had a hummingbird cake, which is like banana, pineapple, and no. coconut. It's delicious. I really don't go out of my comfort zone ever, so I've probably never had <laughs> anything like that, but they sound good. <laughs> Eric's mother said the wedding was absolutely perfect. Sam had painstakingly planned every detail, and she was so happy that day. The couple were married on the beach and had the reception at the at the Folly Beach Country Park. Eric spoke about Sam's love of Folly Beach. He said, Folly Beach was everything. Sunrises, sunsets, laying out. Sam's favorite season on Folly was spring, and her favorite time of day on the beach was sunrise. Um, he said, she was so happy. I mean, planning a wedding, as most people know, is extremely stressful, and she just had a weird, like, calmness that night. Eric also said that the wedding and reception were one of the greatest days of his life. Um, Sam's mother said the dance floor was hopping and everybody's just dancing together, and Sam was in there dancing with everybody. There was even a special mother-daughter dance. Lisa said, she surprised me. The DJ announced surprise dance for the most important person in Samantha's life. I busted out crying. That tells you who she is and the relationship we had. Mm, so cute. Mm. Um, the song that Samantha chose was Just the Way You Are by Bruno Mars. Lisa said that Sam was this bright light everywhere she went. She said she loved everybody unconditionally and just wanted everybody to feel good and to not ever feel bad. At the wedding, she was just shining when I looked at her. When I looked at her a few times, it was almost like she had this light coming off her face. And the way the whole thing happened, it was almost like she was already an angel. So the couple left their reception around 10 p.m. on April 28th. They got into a golf cart and sat next to each other. There were two men escorting them. There was Benjamin Garrett and Brogan Garrett. So I think Benjamin's the father and Brogan's the son. The couple were being driven to a beach house to begin their married life together. Eric said her say the last thing I remember her saying is she wanted the night to never end. That's the last thing she said to me. Eric has said that he doesn't remember anything after that until he woke up in the hospital. He said, I remember waking up. It's kind of foggy of sorts. I could see my mom's face and you could just tell that something was wrong. I asked her, where's Sam? Where's Sam? And that's when she told me there was an incident and that Sam didn't make it. The golf cart the couple had been riding in had been rear-ended at 65 miles per hour in a 25 mile per hour zone. The impact sent the golf cart flying 100 yards and rolling over several times. Sam died at the scene in her wedding dress. Like, hitting... Getting hit 65 miles per hour is so hard mm. in a golf cart with no protection, yeah. basically. The driver of the vehicle that hit the couple was 25-year-old Jamie Lee Komorowski. Jamie Lee reportedly smelled of alcohol, but she refused to take a sobriety test. It always is so crazy to me that you can refuse that. In Australia, if they pull, like the police can pull you over just for driving normally and you have to do a breath test. It's- yeah, I think it's weird that you can technically refuse it. Mm, Just say no, sir. Usually always probably a red flag. Mm. She was charged with three felony DUIs resulting in great bodily injury or death and one count of reckless homicide. When asked how she felt on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being completely sober, Jamie Lee allegedly rated herself an eight. So she thought she was pretty sober. Jamie Lee had a blood alcohol level of 0.261%, 
per the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division's toxicology report, um, and the legal limit in South Carolina is 0.08. So I found a little thing online that just says probably how you kind of feel at certain alcohol levels. So 0.20 to 0.24, which she was a smidge above. But that one is, you feel confused and disoriented. At this point, you may experience nausea. You have trouble standing. You may not realize that you hurt yourself because you may not feel pain. Blackouts become likely at this point. Then two, I mean, then 0.25 to 0.29, which is where she would land. It says, almost all aspects of your brain are severely impaired. You may have passed out by this point. Vomiting is likely, and the chance of asphyxiation on your own vomit is greatly increased. If you haven't passed out, the risk of personal injury is high because you have little to no physical to physical control and you're emotionally numb. The next one, which is a bit above where she was, is 0.3 to 0.34. And this says, if you're still conscious, you are in stupor. You likely have no comprehension of where you are or what you're doing. There have been numerous cases of blood, alcohol poisoning, and death in this range. Um, and you're in need of medical help. So... She definitely was not eight on the sober scale. No. She would have been very impaired at 0.26. Jamie Lee was asked what happened at the scene, and she said, I was driving, and then all of a sudden something hit me. Multiple witnesses at the scene said Jamie Lee seemed dazed and confused. She kept asking for her boyfriend and telling the witnesses that she was on her way home. Once she saw the victims on the ground, Jamie Lee started screaming, screaming and asking what happened. Jamie told police that she had a beer and a drink with tequila about an hour before the crash. Sam's maid of honor, Ashley, spoke Ashley spoke of finding out about the crash. She said, her brother-in-law came into the room and said there was an accident. I remember hearing the sirens and I texted Sam and Eric to see if they were okay and nobody answered. After the crash, Eric was in serious condition and had, and had to have two reconstruction surgeries. He also severed He also suffered numerous broken bones and a brain injury. Ben and Brogan were also seriously injured. Ben was seriously injured. I think Brogan was mostly okay. Um, This info about their injuries is from a GoFundMe account that they had, which raised $734,000 before it was disabled. Um, It says, for Eric, the grief from losing Sam, his injuries and other stress factors have been so hard on him. He's gone to the emergency room five times and been readmitted to the hospital twice due to severe pain and nausea. There he was diagnosed with stomach ulcers, duodenitis, and gastritis. Since he hasn't improved, an endoscopy is scheduled for later this month. He's lost over 20 pounds. After four months, he is still in a great deal of pain from his other injuries. He's undergoing physical therapy for his legs and the broken vertebrae in his back. In addition, he now has knee pain that will most likely need surgery. He only recently was able to drive. To provide care for Eric, his pets, and drive him to all of his appointments, I was not able to return to my home in Utah. He also continues to visit an ophthalmologist to determine when he will need additional surgeries, one to three, around his left eye to match, to match it to his right eye and for the double vision and light sensitivity that he's been experiencing. He'll have several scars on his legs, feet, left ear, and eye. He's trying to work when he can, but is not back to full time. For my daughter's family... Her husband, Ben, remained hospitalized in South Carolina for 11 days. His family had to return without him. He reunited with them in Utah once he was physically able to make the flight across the country after first visiting the scene of the crash. His severe road rash still requires some wound care. He, he also is left with several scars on his face, head, and arms. 
In addition, Ben is experiencing intense pain due to what was initially thought to be his cracked pelvis and deep bruising. However, more MRIs revealed a revealed a labrum tear and a separated joint in his hip and two broken vertebrae in his middle back. He's now walking with the use of a cane. He's been referred to a spine clinic and neurosurgeon along with his orthopedic surgeon to determine if hip or back surgery is necessary or might relieve some pain. In the meantime, he's also attending physical therapy. We are forever grateful that my daughter's son, Brogan, was relatively uninjured other than a concussion, bruises, scratches, and soreness. I'm assuming that Benjamin and Brogan were in the front seat of the yeah. golf cart. So the main injuries came from them being rear-ended. But, yeah, they were so and lucky. And even the death aside, which is horrible enough, these are bad injuries for the two of them. Like, they're going to feel that for the rest of their life. Break, like, breaking vertebrae, your hips, you're going to feel that forever, whether you get surgery or not. And it doesn't even mention the PTSD and mental trauma. All this will probably cause them. survivor's yeah. guilt and... Yeah. In May, Eric filed a wrongful death suit against Jamie Lee in several local bars and restaurants where she was allegedly drinking on the night of the crash. The lawsuit alleged that Jamie had been bar hopping before getting behind the wheel. And this info comes from CNN. Says the lawsuit, which is also an injury lawsuit filed by the brother-in-law and nephew, claims that Jamie visited a bar and grill in Charleston before making her way to Folly Beach, where she began bar hopping on Center Street with stops at several bars and restaurants. The lawsuit says, despite being noticeably and visibly intoxicated at each of these establishments, Jamie continued to be served, provided, and or allowed to consume alcohol. The state grants restaurants and bars a license for the privilege to serve alcohol, and with that privilege comes a responsibility to the community to serve patrons responsibly and to deny service to individuals who are visibly intoxicated. Jamie was a new employee of a local restaurant called Taco Boy, and her supervisor is accused of organizing, arranging, and supervising an employee function or meeting, knowing that excessive amounts of alcoholic beverages would be purchased for, served to, and consumed by the employees attending the function and meeting. Um, So Taco Boy then gave a statement in response to the lawsuit, and they said, we can confirm with absolute certainty that Jamie Komorowski did not set foot in Taco Boy, nor did anyone on our team serve for alcohol at the restaurant. We've confirmed this by watching 16 hours of video footage from multiple cameras, staff interviews, and everyone working that day, and by reviewing all sales receipts. Now, the lawsuit also claims that uh, she went to a number of those bars, like I said, prior to the crash itself. She went to El Gallo Bar and Grill near Daniel Island. Then she went over to Folly Beach to Snapper Jack's, the Crab Shack, and the Drop-In Bar. The suit claims the bar served her more alcohol, even though they say they have witnesses and video that shows she was clearly very drunk. The lawsuit says Komorowski was an employee at Taco Boy on Folly Beach and that her employer regularly served alcohol at parties after work, including the night of the crash at at least one location. So I went to Taco Boy to try to speak to their management about this lawsuit. They didn't want to talk to me there. I also went to Snapper Jack's and they had no comment on the lawsuit. At the Folly Beach Crab Shack next door, they had no comment. And that's also what the employee at the drop-in bar told me as well. Now, I'm told by the lawyers who filed this lawsuit that the family is hoping the lawsuit might cause others to think twice before drinking and driving. If this stops, you know, one person from getting in their car while intoxicated or helps someone have the courage to step up and stop that from happening or helps an establishment really take a hard stand on over-serving people, you know, that's something positive that can come out of this. 
So a hearing for Jamie Lee was held in August 2023. A judge requested that the trial be expedited to take place in May 2024, but it did. the judge did note that if that didn't happen by then, then Jamie Lee could be released on a $150,000 bond, meaning a second party must guarantee to pay the amount if she defaulted and that she also must be under house arrest. According to ABC, Jamie Lee looked visibly shaken throughout the proceeding. Sam's mother Lisa spoke to the court at that time and she said she just didn't just kill my child, she killed all of us. In August as well, News 4 obtained around 99 phone and video calls that Jamie Lee made between April 30 and May 24th to family, friends and her boyfriend. In those calls, intimate details about her daily life were shared. She talked about the food she ate, her favorite snacks, what her parents did for work that day, the loneliness that she felt in jail and the uncertainty of her legal process. On April 30, for example, Jamie Lee called her father and she said that basically she couldn't believe what was happening. She said to her dad, why me? And her dad said, you're going to have to toughen up, baby. Jamie said, I'm so sorry. Her dad then went on to say, Jamie, listen, there's nothing to be sorry about. It was a tragic accident. You didn't do anything on purpose. It was a tragic accident. Listen, baby girl, I'm going to do everything I can for you. And then she replied and said, you're the best daddy-o in the world. I love you. How are you? I'm good. Okay. Better than. Yeah, it's just a CJ's birthday. Well, let me tell you something. They ain't it anyway. You ain't missing nothing. Yeah, but I love him, and it just makes me think of everyone. I know. Well, I'm here, and guess what? They ain't doing nothing. They don't want to do nothing. Well, I spoke with the lawyers today. I know. Oh. Mm-hmm. How do you like them? I like them. They're top notch. They're hot to chop. They seem really good. Who? They seem really good. They are really good. At the same time, we can't be doing any better than what we're doing. We got the best team to help you. Right? I still just don't know why this had to happen to me. Because bad things happen to good people, honey. That's why. It's just, it's just fate. It's just something that happened to you and we are going to deal with it the best we can. Okay? And it's life altering. You're, you're going to you know, uh, experience stuff that you never thought of, and when it's all over and done with, and everything is finished, you're going to be a better person. Then what if they send me away for a really long time? Um, well, we're trying to avoid that, aren't we? We can't, cannot do anything more than what we're doing. I just want to hug you guys so bad. So do I, Jamie. So does, so does your mom, okay? And as soon as, as soon as it is possible, we will be hugging you. So on May 20, Jamie Lee spoke to her mother. She told her that she was scared and that she was, she hoped that she would be let out on bond. Her mother said, you've been a good kid all your life. You've never gotten in trouble. All those things matter now. 
her mother said, you're not a danger to society. I'm crossing my fingers and have hope and faith that they are going to give it to you, which they essentially haven't. She's still in prison as of the time of recording. I did listen to a few of these calls. I took some notes on them. Um, I'll put in clips too of them. Um, Her dad has gotten some hate online because he was basically trying to cheer her up and saying, you know, she's not a bad person. They were talking about how they had great lawyers and how that was a good thing. Um, and when she was saying like, why did this have to happen to me? He was like, he said something like bad things happen to good people. Um, which I get why people are like, what the fuck? But also you have to think it's his daughter. What's he going to yeah. say? Like he, he clearly loves her, cares about her. And I'm sure even though what Jamie did was horrible, I'm sure they know her and she's not probably not this horrible monster of a person. Like she made an absolutely horrible decision. Like I'm absolutely, and don't get me wrong, I don't want people to come and say you're sticking up for her. We're not. But, you know, she made a really shitty decision that is going to affect the rest of her life. And so it should. But yeah, like it doesn't mean that before this, she was a horrible, horrible person. No, I, I agree. Like, is she Jeffrey Dahmer who went out purposefully wanting to murder people? No, she made a horrible decision and it's going to affect the rest of her life, which it should. But to her parents, they know her and they know she's not a horrible monster. Yeah. So I feel bad for her parents having to deal with this because I'm sure it's hard on them too. But obviously, I'm sure they feel conflicted. You know, obviously they know that she did the wrong thing and she caused this tragedy for these other families. But yeah, essentially it is still their daughter. Another thing is the calls that are out, um, they were chosen by the state and the prosecution to like get out and release and be part of the hearings. So like we're only seeing a snippet of the calls that they think is the most damaging to her character. So could there be other calls where her parents are condemning her actions? Possibly. Could there be other calls where she is saying she feels like a horrible person and a piece of shit? Possibly. We don't know. But this is just a little snippet of them. She There was another call with her boyfriend, which really d- did not look good for her. That one was pretty bad because that's the one where she's just talking about the food and snacks that she got in jail, how sometimes they get cake and how she really likes when they get cake and she got to have this today and she got to have these cookies today that were really good. Lunch today was a it was two slices of white bread, an uncooked piece of bologna like this big, uncooked piece of bologna, and then like cabbage and two cookies. Oh, you got two cookies? Do you get any like condiments like mayonnaise or mustard? No. No, no. They they fed us hot dogs one night, two hot dogs, and no ketchup or anything. Oh my gosh. No buns or anything. It's so it's so bad. But I just got my snack pack in the mail today, so I have Doritos and um, cookies. There's these cookies are so addicting. I already ate like twenty of them today. So the cookies yes. that they give you. For dessert, sometimes you get cookies and sometimes you get cake. These cookies that they give you at this jail, I'm gonna start buying them when I come home. I'm not getting them. Oh my gosh. And I really like their soap. Obviously, they know these are being 
recorded, but I don't know if they just think no one's going to see them. But that one did not do her any favors. The call her boyfriend does kind of show how immature maybe she is. I mean, she's 25, but she does come off a little bit younger than 25, I'd say. How she was saying, like, why did this have to happen to me? Just going off of her immaturity and just maybe not really. It doesn't seem like she understands, like, the gravity of the situation in a way. And she's only thinking about herself and the phone calls that we've seen. And she's like, why did this have to happen to me? It doesn't seem like she's taking accountability for what she did because this this didn't happen to you. You chose to yeah, drink you and drive. And that's the consequences. Like, it didn't just happen to you. It actually just happened to Sam and her husband yeah. and her family. Like, why did this happen to them? You're the one who made the choice. It so. does kind of remind me a little bit of Mackenzie Shirilla too, like how yeah. that when they her mother made the statements in court and the judge is like, it's, all I've heard is about you. That's it. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. I think that has to do with them both just being, even though Mackenzie was younger. Yeah. Just both being kind of young. And Mackenzie was and more malicious as well. but Definitely. Um, in October 2023, Eric reached a tentative settlement with two of the bars involved in the wrongful death suit. This is a quote from CBS. It said, the dropping bar in Delhi and the Crab Shack have agreed to pay certain sums to Eric that were described by his lawyer as reasonable, according to a September 28 petition for approval in Charleston County Court. The settlement is confidential and the case will continue against other defendants. Uh, Eric's attorney said a judge must approve the settlement. So I guess that's one less thing for him to have to worry about now. So that is kind of it up to date in terms of the legal process as it stands in this case. Obviously, it'll be ongoing if her trial happens next year. Um, Hopefully it does. I think it would be in everyone's benefit to have a speedy trial. She's still in prison as of the time we're recording. So some of Sam's friends and family have spoken about her legacy and what she's left behind for them and the memories they have. Her maid of honor, Ashley, said it was just pure joy from her. She was so happy. It was definitely the best day of her life. She died the happiest she's ever been. Sam's mother, Lisa, has been trying to find something positive to come out from her daughter's death. She spoke to people and she said, I'd like to turn this into a positive. Sam would want me to do that. You are not even aware of all the tragedy that drinking and driving causes because you only hear about the big stories, but it's so rampant and we need to do something about it. She said, don't say poor Sam, poor Sam's family, do something about it. Spread the awareness, talk to your friends, talk to your friend's kids, tell them what to do if they're going to go out drinking, drink responsibly. Don't mind your business because you know one day it might be your family. She said, if you're going to go out and drink, you make preparations of how you're going to get home before you're drinking. You don't go and make the decision to sit at a bar all day and spend that money and then not have enough money to get an Uber home. So Sam's obituary is online. I'll just I'll put it all on the blog if you want to read it, but I'll just pick out some parts I feel that highlight her personality and how she was. So Samantha Lee Miller, beloved daughter, sister, aunt, friend, cat mum and wife, passed away on April 28. Sam was taken from this world abruptly just hours after she said, I do to the love of her life, Eric Hutchison, just minutes after she left her wedding venue, where she had spent the entire day surrounded and celebrated by friends and family. The decisions of a reckless drunk driver marked Sam's special day as her last. Um, It says, Samantha was pure light and contagious love. Her smile said it all. She delivered peace, confidence and laughter everywhere she roamed and she never shied away from a vulgar joke or two. Sam was as bold as she was tender, as compassionate as she was fearless. She was a beautiful force to be reckoned with. It is impossible to fully capture just how unbelievably special she was. She embraced a rare kind of authenticity. 
It goes, her compassion and each to make everyone around her feel loved and heard, shown by the dance surprised her mother with on her big day. The DJ introduced it as a dance with the most important person in the bride's life. Sam was the mastermind behind this inexpressibly special moment and her ability to light up a room shown by the joy and radiance felt by every person who attended the wedding. If at any point you looked around, you would have been met with a sea of smiling faces from walking down the aisle and cutting the cake to showing off her rhythm on the dance floor. She was illuminated. In lieu of flowers, please donate to Mothers Against Drunk Driving. It's so easy to get an Uber or mm. a Lyft or anything. There's really just no excuse to drink and drive. Not that there ever was, but it's like everyone has a cell phone pretty much, especially younger people like Jamie. It's so selfish to drink and drive. And getting a ride is just more accessible than ever. Um, yeah. yeah. One, I did see a comment on Reddit from someone who either knows the area or lives around there. They're saying that going 65 miles per hour on any road in Folly Beach is basically insane, that the whole area there, it's like a little island-type place, all has very low speed limits because the streets are super narrow residential streets and that the pavement kind of just fades into sand. Um, there's no curbs, no sidewalks, really. It's just a lot of in a lot of houses and cars are parked very close to the road in that oftentimes people are out walking, biking and driving a golf cart. So it just going that fast, even sober, like you just would not be good. You should not be going that fast there. It makes me think of where I go on vacation because like the whole area there, the speed limit's 25 or 35. Yeah. So Jamie's social media is still up and it's still open, surprisingly, but her last post is from 27 weeks ago, which I feel like was right around the time of the crash. I remember it. It was like a day or two before that yeah. she posted those like beach pictures or drinking Yeah, so it's her on something. a beach. She's got like a white bikini on and the, the caption is, did someone say tequila? Which is very unfortunate, obviously, yeah. considering what happened. Um not yeah, so after. a lot of people online took that and ran with it, where obviously if this didn't happen, it wouldn't be like an absurd thing for a 25-year-old to post, but just given the situation, it doesn't look great. The comments are pretty harsh. Um, you know, someone wrote murderer. People saying they feel sorry for Jamie is just as bad as her. Someone lost a daughter, sister, wife, and she has the audacity to complain about being in jail, which is the calls that we spoke about. She should never see the light of day. Um, she apparently also complained that the jail wouldn't let her have a yoga mat, which I know is a very <laughs> ridiculous thing. Um, I think her mother, I'm just looking this up now, apparently killed someone once too. I'm just... I saw that, but it was the accident wasn't her fault. Oh, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, well, and also, I don't know if it was definitely her mom, but I saw people talking about it online. Um, yeah, people have left a lot of harsh comments about Jamie which I do understand because if I even think about a drunk driver having killed one of my loved ones or something like that immediately fills me with rage. I would want that person dead. I would want them to suffer because like I said, it's so selfish to drink and drive. But again, like we were saying earlier, I don't think it necessarily means she's a horrible person. It made me think of my like childhood best friend growing up. She struggled for a long time with drinking and alcohol and addiction and she had a lot of mental health issues but she actually got a DUI at like 0.3 something like really 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 high and she's lucky she didn't kill anyone um she got pulled over thankfully and was caught but that easily could have been her and if she killed people I wouldn't that wouldn't change my 
a pain. Like I wouldn't think all these years I spent with her as like my best friend. She wasn't a bad person. She wasn't a monster. She was someone that was really, really, really struggling. But still, I would know she'd have to be punished for that. She made a huge, she would have made a huge mistake. And just because you are struggling doesn't mean you can affect other people in such a negative way by severely injuring them, killing someone. Like you don't get to just be like, oops, like I I was struggling. So it's tough because like I said, my friend, she wasn't a bad person. Jamie, maybe she's not a bad person, but you can't just pretend you didn't kill someone. Yeah, just because you didn't mean to, yeah. Yeah, just because it wasn't intentional, you still did. There are lots of comments on Instagram that say things like mother, like daughter. And so her mother, Tracy, in 2013 was involved in an accident where she did kill someone. Um, Basically, there had been a fire and the person was um, kind of obscured by flashing lights and smoke and things like that. So the accident was, well, the crash, I guess, was deemed a tragic accident and no charges were filed. But it's interesting that two, like obviously I'm not insinuating that Tracy was in the wrong. It seems like she wasn't based on the reports, but um, two members of the same family involved in fatal accidents is crazy. And you're like immediate family too, not even extended family. Yeah, it's just a very sad story all the way around. I do, even though I said all that stuff about me, she's not a horrible person. I just want to be clear. I do think she should be in trouble, needs to go to jail. And that some of the things that she has said, like if she really did say she needed a yoga mat, is totally insufferable and awful. And she just needs like a reality check, which it seems like she might get. So we'll keep you posted. Yes. To finish off with this episode, we're going to speak about an Australian case. It's about the death of Marina Morgan. They should have been nearly six months into married life. Marina Hanna and Robbie Awad, also known as Robbie Morgan, exchanged vows in June. Ten days later, they were honeymooning on picturesque Hamilton Island when tragedy struck. Mr Awad was driving a golf buggy when it's believed he attempted to U-turn. The buggy rolled. Marina suffered fatal injuries. A little over two weeks later, the 29-year-old was farewelled at an emotional funeral. I can't explain the sadness in my heart. My wife was loved by so many and so many felt her. Attended by hundreds, her family paid tribute. Even though it feels like your time on earth was rushed, today is a testament to the lives you impacted and touched. Then last month, police laid charges. Mr Awad accused of driving without due care and attention, causing death, using a mobile phone and for the couple not wearing seatbelts. So Marina's maiden name was Hannah. Uh, She married a man named Robbie Morgan, who's also known as Robbie Awad. He's got a few different names, but they were married on July 11th, 2022. Marina was 29 and Robbie was 30 at the time. The couple had originally set their wedding date as July 24th, 2021, but they moved it due to all the COVID lockdowns. Um, I lived in Sydney. Everything was shut down basically. Um, So that's, you know, you couldn't have more than X amount of people in a room at a time. So that's why they moved it. Mm. The pair eventually got married at an Orthodox church in Sydney. Their reception was held at Dalton House near Hyde Park in the Sydney CBD. I'm familiar with this venue. It's a beautiful, stunning venue. It's kind of all marble, um, very classy, beautiful, beautiful venue. Their ceremony reception looked really lavish, glam, old school. um, Like he wore kind of like a white 
suit white jacket anyway black pants they had fireworks smoke machine like i reckon their wedding would have been over a hundred thousand dollars easily so after the wedding the couple flew to hamilton island in queensland for the honeymoon hamilton island is beautiful there's a range of accommodation on there i feel like they probably stayed at a resort based on the photos called qualia which i hope i'm saying right i've never been there i'd love to go but (laughs) basically it's five star um i'll just go into the website quickly so the qualia website says basically it's a private world of sensory perfection an oasis of australian style it provides exceptional level of award-winning luxury and intuitive friendly service it's beautiful like stunning place um the only transport i believe on hamilton island is by golf cart you usually get one included with your accommodation or you can also rent one if you do some other type of accommodation they posted a bunch of pics on their honeymoon. They went in a helicopter ride over the Great Barrier Reef. There's a picture of Marina by the pool. Like it looks stunning, just beautiful. They posted lots of food, drink, sunshine pictures of the honeymoon. It seemed like they were having a great time. So I believe the couple arrived on the island on June 13, which was two days after the wedding. On June 20, so a week later, Robbie was driving their golf cart when he realized the battery was running low. He wanted to return to the accommodation to charge it. He attempted a U-turn on the corner of Coral Sea Avenue and Whitsunday Boulevard on the island, which caused the cart to roll over. Um, Acting Inspector Anthony Cowan said, it appears the battery on the buggy may have gone flat, so he, as in Robbie, has conducted a U-turn to go back and charge it up, and whilst turning, the buggy has rolled on its side. So we call them golf buggies here. Do you call them that as well, or is that just an Australian thing? No. So everyone knows, like a golf cart, everyone would still know what that is, but I guess most the term that we mostly use is golf buggy. Maybe sometimes people call them just like a buggy, but mostly just golf cart. So Marina wasn't wearing a seatbelt and she fell from the cart onto the road. There were witnesses who included an off-duty firefighter, a doctor and a dentist, and they said they tried to save Marina at the scene for 35 minutes, but they were unsuccessful. They did call a helicopter to take her to Townsville Hospital. Obviously, they're on an island and there's not you know, proper medical facilities there, but the helicopter was stood down after it realized, they realized the severity of her injuries. This info about the crash is from news.com.au. It says a paramedic arrived on the scene within minutes to find the woman off the road and placed her in a lateral position to clear her airway. She was in cardiac arrest and along with a number of first aiders on the island, they performed resuscitation for 35 minutes without success. He said on Hamilton Island, we have to wait with the deceased person until police are able to collect the person. So it's quite emotionally confronting for paramedics involved. After Marina died, Robbie spoke to the media. He said she was radiating before she left this life. She never looked so beautiful. It was because God was calling her home. She is an angel. There are no two ways about it. She was always our angel and now she is with God in the kingdom of heaven and we will miss her forever. So Marina's funeral was held on July 2nd in the same church where she got married, which is just heartbreaking. And that was three weeks after her wedding day. So originally they did, I think they kind of insinuated that no one would be charged over the accident, but Robbie did end up being charged in relation to Marina's death. He was charged with driving without due care and attention, using a mobile phone while driving, failing to wear a seatbelt as a driver, and passengers 16 years or older failing to wear approved seatbelts. So he pled not guilty to all the charges. This so that this all happened obviously July June July last year we're now a year out the legal process is still ongoing 
In July 2023, Robbie's lawyer was berated by the court because he didn't answer phone calls. His new lawyer was lectured after he requested to appear in court via phone but failed to answer the phone. The acting magistrate, Stephen Byrne, said, we've called you twice and both times it rung out. If you want the convenience of appearing by phone, you or someone else has got to answer the phone. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen and you're going to have to appoint agents. There was a court hearing in August 2023. Um, The defence solicitor, Brian Wrench, told Proserpine Magistrates Court that the prosecution had not yet been handed over the particulars of the negligence without due care and they asked for a further adjournment of four to five weeks so they had time to prepare a submission to the prosecution. So Proserpine is in Queensland so it seems like this will obviously all be happening in Queensland which is why they allowed Robbie's attorneys or lawyers to appear by a phone because they're in a different state which he lives in New South Wales. Graham McIntyre from the Queensland Ambulance spoke service spoke about the dangers of golf carts following marina's death he said they're a completely different type of vehicle to drive particularly with hamilton island with the narrow roadways and hills it's tricky to maneuver there have been other incidents involving golf carts on the island in june 2022 a man in his 30s suffered serious head injuries and was flown to townsville hospital after falling from a golf buggy in 2016 eight people including a nine-month-old girl were injured when two golf buggies crashed so there's not as much information. We were just talking about that. When it's an Australian case, people are like, why don't you do more Australian cases? There's just often not as much information. They don't want to tell us public. anything. Yeah, we all we have a lot stricter public records. Um, but obviously, hopefully, we will find out some more once this hopefully essentially eventually goes to court. I was trying to find videos because... Usually before I record, I like to watch videos while I'm at work just because sometimes reporters will say things that you don't find in articles and things like that. And the videos for this, the most recent ones were still like 10 months ago. And it was yeah. just about how he was charged. And um, even so in terms really of the legal else. the legal updates, it's like just been delayed till August, but there's no updates as to if anything else has happened um, I'm assuming it not because this case did get a fair bit of media attention even despite the limited information. So I figure once something actually happens, the media will know about it, but nothing it just kind of seems to have stalled for now. Yeah. I can't – we were talking about this before. Um, I can't say if it makes me ignorant, but I think them charging him seems really petty in a way, especially you're going to hit him with a seatbelt charge. Like his wife died. Yeah. He didn't – He's driving a golf cart. How reckless can you be? He was making a U-turn. And I'm also like, we were saying, did someone, I'm assuming this golf cart was a rental since they don't live there. They're just at the resort. Did they lecture him? Like, oh, don't make a U-turn too hard because it could flip. I'd like to know stuff like that. I'm sure they make you sign something that puts you at fault anyways. Yeah. Yeah. But even growing up, one of my friends had a golf cart and- We'd be in, we were in like high school or freshmen and we would just drive this golf cart around all over and we definitely were not careful. Like no one (laughs) thinks a golf cart is really dangerous. It's like a fun novelty. Like I've driven, my my grandpa actually used to have a golf cart because he did used to play a lot of golf. So we we always loved, you know, going for a drive in the golf cart. Yeah. We just like (laughs) love buzzing around in it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just think it seems a little ridiculous. I mean, I I understand because obviously if it was a car and you're driving recklessly, (laughs) you would get in trouble for that. I was also wondering more about like her injuries, like what happened. The only thing I could think of for cardiac arrest and how you were saying 
it must have something must have landed on her chest. Maybe they haven't yeah. elaborated on her injuries because again, it just seems crazy to die from a golf cart accident, especially when it's just you were making a U turn. Obviously, in the first one we talked about, that you're getting hit by a car at 65 miles per hour, Which but just turning course, around yeah. a golf cart. I did find some interesting stats and kind of figures. It says the majority of injuries resulting from golf cart accidents are sustained when riders or drivers fall out of the vehicle, which is obviously what happened to Marina. Mm -hmm. Um, It says that between 1990 and 2006, there were almost 150,000 injuries from golf carts requiring treatment in emergency departments in the US and that there are nearly 10,000 golf cart injuries annually that require trips to the ER. I'm trying to look up how fast can a golf cart go? Mm, there's like mixed things you can customize your golf cart to go 20 miles per hour 15 miles per hour so it seems like around 20 miles per hour is probably as fast as you can go unless you get like a fancy custom one and i feel like in marina and robbie's case it would absolutely not have been customized it would have just been a generic one and the same with um eric and sam um like they aren't souped up ones built to go faster these were just actual accidents in basic standard golf carts someone did say it's the turning and stopping at higher speeds that's difficult in golf so you kind of jolt i can see that and jolt and go forward and so if you're ever in a golf cart be very careful um they are not safe i guess or i guess it's more so that we or the people driving them are overly confident in this golf cart not being able to hurt you it's like even i was thinking oh maybe we might you know discuss a few more cases of golf cart accidents and when you google it there are so many i even read one about where a child was i think a three-year-old was driving a golf cart and ended up killing a seven-year-old it's like yeah it is actually a surprisingly dangerous machine yeah you just don't think about it but no i guess they are pretty easy to flip yeah, a three-year-old in Florida driving a golf cart struck his seven-year-old brother who later died. That was in July this year. Wow. <sighs> Sad. So that is it for the two cases we're going to discuss today. Obviously, both cases will be ongoing legally. Um, so once Jamie goes to trial and once anything hopefully happens with Robbie's case, we'll keep you updated. Um, so that's really it. For this episode, everything will be on the blog as always at truecrimesocietyblog.com. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at True Crime Society. We're always posting updates there. You can follow our personal accounts. Mine is StephSum underscore Olivia's TCS Olivia. You want to see what we're up to. You can also check us out on Patreon now. We do ad free episodes. We also do weekly bonus episodes about various things. Um, we just, what did we just record about? We just recorded about those doomsday, um, family. doomsday prepper family um, that we were posting about on Instagram recently. So you could check us out there on Patreon. Um, leave us a review and subscribe. Make sure you're following us on Spotify and whatever app you listen on. It's a big help to us when you're actually following or subscribed. And just share the podcast. Find Find a friend that you think will like it and tell them about it or share it to your Instagram. (laughs) We love when you guys share it to your stories. It's always awesome to see. Um, But that's it. Peep wants me to be done recording. She needs some attention. So (laughs) This one was quite long. Had a big session today. It was longer than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, All right. So thank you guys for listening. Stay safe. Peace out. (laughs) 